<laughs> you want your five star matches? <laughs> you want your thirty minute classics? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. This is a little bit unplanned, so uh, this week been crazy with work and, and a whole bunch of other things, and uh, I didn't think I would actually get this episode recorded. Um, you know, I was going to take this week off, um, but I, I managed to get this recorded. Um, but, uh, Queen City Pro Wrestling will not have an episode this week. Just haven't had time to, to record those matches for the, for this. And I want to make sure, like, I don't want to rush that. I want Queen City Pro Wrestling to be something that is something that's watchable and isn't just, you know, rushed. And, and so we're gonna, we'll get back to that next week. Um, with that being said, though, I, I was able to sort of quickly to plan out a little bit of what I want to talk about, and I think we got some good stuff to talk about on this episode here. Um, The first thing that I want to talk about is I saw a a thing on Twitter um, this week, early this week, I think it was on Monday, that Drew McIntyre will be um, an ambassador to the Special Olympics for WWE. Um which is the first we've really heard about Drew McIntyre since since he was drafted, but we all kind of knew that his contract ends, I think, July in the beginning of July. And so they were in contract negotiations. And, and so, so here's the big question I have is, is this sort of just like the last thing that McIntyre is doing for the company before he leaves, or is he... You know, is this sort of what they have going for him until they could find something cre- uh, in creative for him? I think it's insane that you don't have anything for Drew McIntyre, right? I just, I just think it's absolutely insane to me that Drew McIntyre isn't being booked. If he's going to stay, you have to use Drew McIntyre. Like, like he's. He's one of the best people on the roster. And so when when you have guys on the on the show, especially on Monday Night Raw, like you could use Drew McIntyre. Because you, let's just be honest, on Raw, you have a lot of small guys. And and you just get the, the same sort of indie style wrestling. And when you infuse that w- with McIntyre, like it just fe- he feels more important. He feels uh, more, you know, special. I don't know about you, but I would, in my opinion, I would rather see Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre than Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor at Money in the Bank. I would have preferred McIntyre in that match. Um, but you, but you look at some of the, the bigger guys on, on the roster priest priest stands out and, and we're, we're, we're going to talk about actually the money in the bank match. That's going to, I'm going to talk about the six people in that match and it's, it's, it's going to be a prediction before I do my prediction show, but, but I want to talk about that match because I think it books itself. I th- and, and. And so we'll talk about that. That's how we'll end this show. But I want to start with Drew McIntyre here. Um, so I want to talk about, first off, the Special Olympics starts on the 17th of June. So I think that's this Saturday. And it runs eight days to the 25th, which is Sunday, the Sunday prior to Money in the Bank. So Drew McIntyre could still be at Money in the Bank. And, and, and I, part of me wonders... If taking him off the marketing 
if not booking him, it's just so that we can get that surprise entrance. That That's part of me that I'm wondering is what if Drew McIntyre just shows up? Um, that That's my thought process. But I also, I don't know where you would fit him in because he's been off TV for so long. And and it's one of those things where like his, his run on the mid card was very mid to me. And I almost was like, why is he here? But now that he's gone, like you, I, I kind of want him back on TV. I'm yearning for Drew McIntyre to be back on TV. And with the sort of, I don't want to say brand split, because let's just be honest, it's not a brand split. But with the draft, and and now you have a title on both shows for for people to fight for, Drew McIntyre needs to be on TV. If he's still going to be a WWE superstar, why is he not on TV? He needs to be in that in the position. He doesn't need to be champion, necessarily. He can do fine without the title, but why is he not on TV? Like, like Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins would be a banger of a match, right? But but even if he was just on TV and you teased him and Gunther again, because we never got McIntyre versus Gunther one-on-one because the match ended up being a triple threat when they added Sheamus. And so McIntyre versus Gunther would be a banger of a match, and that would have been a very, very good Intercontinental Championship match for Money in the Bank. In Europe with two European superstars battling for the Intercontinental Championship. I thought, right, and and you don't need McIntyre to win if you don't want, right, but I I just don't understand if he's still working for the company, why is he not on TV? That's my big question. So the next thing that I want to talk about is I don't personally think McIntyre's leaving. Ever since the whole contract dispute has come up, I've never felt that McIntyre was leaving. Um, I, I've always felt that um, he was going to stay. But in the rare instance that he does leave, the question is, where does he go? And the question that uh, that you need to ask is, what suits Drew McIntyre's the best. And there's only two companies I think of McIntyre going to. Now, he could go to Japan. I don't think he goes to the Japan route. I just don't think that fits McIntyre. Um, there's two There's two choices Drew McIntyre can show up as. Show up in. That's AEW or that's Impact. Those are the only two choices if you're Drew McIntyre. You can, you can go to Japan if you want to. I don't think that would suit him, though. Or you go to Impact, or you go to AEW, or the third choice is you could run the indie scene for a little bit. But the indies are too big for Drew McIntyre right now, right? There's not going to be very many companies that will be able to afford, on the indie scene, Drew McIntyre. And still be able to put on a decent show with other talent there. Because if Drew McIntyre runs the indies, he's he's going to have a high book rate, a, a booking fee. His booking fee will be high. Think about what Drew McIntyre has done. You know, when Drew McIntyre got released um, in the late mid two thousand, and he started running the indies, there was right, there, his booking fee was low. I would assume because there wasn't much going on there. Um. But then you resign with WWE, you become world champion, I think a two-time world champion. You you've done a lot in WWE. You've right his his value has gone up, and if he leaves, he's not running in these small independent uh, circles. They 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 won't be able to afford him, and still be able to put on a decent enough show. Right, he would be the the big part of the budget, right. <laughs> So, the, the two the two main choices that you have, you go run Japan, whether it's New Japan or All Japan, whatever, you can run Japan. I don't think that fits him, though. So, it's AEW or Impact, and that's going to be the question. It's AEW or Impact. What fits Drew McIntyre the best? I don't think it's AEW. He's too big for both companies. Now, let me under, let me explain what I mean by that. He's too big physically for AEW. 
They don't treat their big guys good in AEW. They just don't. There is not. There has historically in AEW not been a single guy Drew McIntyre's size that has been booked appropriately. And my fear is, is if he goes to AEW, he gets the big payday. I would support him all day on that. He wouldn't be Drew McIntyre at that point, though. He would probably go back to being Drew Galloway, which was his name when he was on Impact last, uh, before he re-signed with WWE. If a Drew Galloway walked into AEW, my fear is three weeks at the top of the card, and then he's like uh, Jay White, just battling for time on TV. I just... That's AEW's forte. We'll bring in these guys. We'll put them at the top of the of the priority list for two to three weeks. And then it's back to doing what we normally do. And I just, I think it would be a waste of time for McIntyre to go to AEW. Nothing would come out of it. Okay, but, but, but so he's too big physically for AEW. But his name is too big for impact. His name is just too big to be positioned on the third ranked company in the world. However, I, he's not the only one I feel that way. Now, I'm going through Impact's ro- roster to look at who they have. And let me tell you something. Impact's got a great roster. Let me tell you something. This is where I go a little bit more hardcore in, in, in my fandom um, than most people would. Is And, and I'm going to recommend this. You have to watch Impact. If you have access to Access TV and you want to add something new to your wrestling uh, week, you know, you watch Raw, you watch SmackDown, you maybe watch NXT, right? And you want to, you don't like AEW, watch Impact. Now, I haven't watched it in a while. But the last time that I, because I don't have Access TV, it's not on YouTube's uh, TV subscription. I wish it was. And like part of me, part of me honestly is considering paying the nine, excuse me, the seven ninety nine per month to get Impact TV Plus to to watch Impact, but. Because I looked at this roster. Now, a lot of these guys aren't going to... You're not going to know who a lot of these people are if you're a more casual fan. But I'm going to talk about some of this roster here. First off, we'll talk about their champions. Now, their world champion is a shame. It's Alex Shelley. He's a... He's a tag team guy. He shouldn't be the world champion. But it is what it is. Deanna Perrazzo is knockouts champion women's champion. Deanna Perrazzo was a missed opportunity for WWE. They they did not use her credit. Deanna Perrazzo has been one of my favorite women's wrestlers for, for, for the longest time. For the longest time. Um, I remember when I first got back into wrestling in 2014, I wasn't really paying attention to the independent scene, but like 2015, 2016-ish, I was real heavy on independent wrestling. And my favorite little niche in independent wrestling was the women's division because no other independent circuit really focused on women's wrestling. Like, there wasn't... Like, the indie shows that I would go to, they would have one women's match and they would be nobodies, right? They would just be local people, and they're, right? But there's a big name for women's wrestling, right? And WWE didn't really focus heavy on it at the time. They were starting to get into it, and I, that was sort of my favorite little section of 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 the wrestling industry was the the, the new sort of women's revolution in the whole industry, not just in WWE. But, and then so some of my favorites, like Deanna Perrazzo instantly became one of my favorites. I would go on YouTube and just look up, you know, women's wrestling. And you could just find matches after matches. And Deanna Perrazzo quickly became one of my favorites. And the fact that she's sort of subjected to impact. Now, I know she chooses to be down there, and that's her choice. But she is so much better. And I feel like WWE really missed the mark. She was in NXT. 
But I felt that way about a lot of people that they let go from NXT. Really didn't give a chance. There's a lot of, in that Triple H black and gold era, there was a lot of names. Tay, Tay Conti, or Tay Mello. Uh, Sammy Guevara's now fiance, wife. They're having a child. I don't know if they're fully married yet. She was an impact. Or excuse me, she was in uh, she was in NXT, and she was one of my favorite people in NXT. And why? Oh, it just irritates me that some of these people that they let go, right? And and now I'm starting to sound like the IWC, but you go through some of this. I still got a little bit of that IWC in me, <laughs> but we go through this roster. Ace Austin, Ace. Well, his, his name's not too big for Impact. He's right where he belongs at the moment. That dude's a fucking superstar. Ace Austin is a superstar. And he, he could come into WWE today. And he could compete. He could be, I think he deserves a spot in WWE. Um, we move down here. Um, just some guys that I recognize on this roster. Brian Myers or, or Kurt Hawkins for you WWE fans. He's here doing what he does. Uh, Bully Ray still here. Uh... Chris Bay. Chris Bay is also another one that I feel like if he was in WWE, he could he could prove that he belongs in WWE. Chris Bay is great. Uh, uh, Fandango, he goes by Dirty Dongo down here. Eddie Edwards is just a, a secret favorite of mine. I love Eddie Edwards. Uh, it's I just I've just you know. It, it, it's the Boston sort of connection that he has that I sort of clinged to him when I was watching impact. He's, he's great though. I like, uh, Eddie Edwards. Uh, he's Slater still here. He goes by Heath. I, eh, I, I don't really want to see him in WWE. And I think, I don't, I don't think they'll use him properly. He's jacked as fuck though. So the only time I would be happy to see a Heath Slater back is if, you know, they brought the 3MB back and it would be like one time a one-time thing. I just don't think that happens. I don't really need to see Heath Slater back in WWE. Uh, John, we'll, we'll talk about him in a minute. Jonathan Gresham is... So here's my problem with Jonathan Gresham. The dude's built as fuck. And he's good. He's just like five foot two, And so it... it I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of of his, of his of his stature. And 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 again, you shouldn't judge him. It's not his fault that he's five two. That's just genetics. The dude's still a beast in the ring, and and I and I kind of feel that he would he would fit in, in WWE if given the opportunity, especially um, in like the mid card sort of like battling for. Like that U.S. title, I think he, I think he's better than Theory in my opinion. That's just my opinion. I'm not a big fan on on Theory anymore. Um, Josh Alexander as a guy that I've gone off on. I love this dude. Um, he's tr- taken himself to to new levels. This is a dude who deserves a spot in WWE. His name. It, there's three guys on this roster that when I went through it, there were three people whose names I put on this list whose names are too big. For Impact Wrestling. And Josh Alexander was one of them. Another guy I just want to talk about. I didn't even realize this guy was on Impact. Is a man by John Schuyler. Now if you're an AEW fan. You may have remembered him from the pandemic era. Where they were just bringing in random people. John Schuyler was down there. John Schuyler is a local wrestler from my area. That I would watch on the independent circuit. At PWX. uh, Every single month. He's. I, uh, I'm personally like biased towards John Schuyler. I'm happy that he has a, a shot at a at, at at the big times because he's on Impact. You're on the third biggest company in the world, and he's part of the reason. Like I'm, uh, sh- I want to watch Impact now. This roster is great. Killer Kelly is she was someone that WWE had in NXT that they didn't use. And she was fantastic. In the matches that she was used on NXT, she was more so on NXT UK. Killer Kelly is phenomenal. Phenomenal. 
just, I just don't understand why they let her go. That that that's a that's a waste to me. Um, if you remember the Ascension, uh, Connor, he goes by Con. He's here. Uh, Kushida, if you remember him from NXT, he's here. Not not a big loss. Um, Mickey James, of course, is still here. Um, they have Masha Slamovic, which everyone ranks as like one of the top women's wrestlers in the in the world. I don't know about it, but um, if you remember Aiden English, he's down here. He's the, the he used to be. I don't remember his tag team. I know he used to manage uh, Rusev, uh, but he goes by Matthew uh, Raywalt. I think as his real name, I believe, is what he goes by. Um, and then the next two people I'm going to mention are the other two people whose names I think are too big for Impact. Moose is too big for Impact. This dude is so good. Moose needs to be in WWE. He would fit big time in WWE. And the other one's Nick Aldis. Why he's here, I have no idea. Nick Aldis is one of the best wrestlers in the world. One of the best in the world. Impact's got a great-ass roster. They got a great-ass roster. Um... Another person here that I'm sort of secretly biased to on this roster is uh, Savannah Evans. She was also in that PWX promotion I would go to all the time. She's fantastic. Um, glad she's getting this opportunity. Um, I will say uh, Trey Miguel's here. He's good. Trinity, which is um, old... Uh, Naomi, she's here. I will say the women's, what they call their knockout division, it isn't bad, but it isn't it isn't solid in, in, in the name press. But the point that I'm trying to say is, you look at that roster that I just named, and as good as it is, you add a Drew McIntyre, and he blows all of those people out of the water in terms of name power, right? And so, and first off, I'm really trying to stop myself from buying Impact Plus because that roster, just by the roster itself, it's great. And I already know from previously watching, like two to three years ago, they can produce some very good television in Impact. Um, and, and it's actually a really good time. I'm just going to do some self-promotion for them or promotion for them by themselves. Not paid, of course. Um, there's their biggest event, their WrestleMania event. Slammiversary is in like 31 days. It's July 15th. Um, that's their biggest event of the year. If you want to start watching Impact, this is about the time you want to start watching Impact because Slammiversary, that might be something that I just decide to buy just on a whim, just to, to get back into watching Impact. Um, uh, that might be something that I start covering. As well, I don't know. I have to figure that out. Um, but overall, I think Drew McIntyre, and this is where I'm going to stay until something else proves to me different. We can argue AEW, we can argue Impact, but overall, at the end of the day, the place Drew McIntyre deserves to be and should be the place that suits him best is where he currently is on the WWE roster, on TV, in the, battling for the World Heavyweight Championship. That is where Drew McIntyre deserves to be, where he needs to be. And I, I, WWE, don't screw this up. He doesn't need to be champion. It would be great if he was. It's not that, that wouldn't hurt the product. But he needs to be on TV almost every single week. I don't know what he wants in his contract and what he's asking for. But give it to him. Give it to him. Drew McIntyre deserves to be in WWE. That's where we're going to end that part of this of this show. Um, so the next thing, this is a question. Um, I don't think the question was actually asked. It was just a discussion from the Discord um, that we had a discussion on. And I wanted to sort of emphasize a little bit my opinion. And I'm going to turn the question into, would Roman Reigns be good on TV after losing the title. My answer to this is no. There is no reason in the world 
why Roman Reigns needs to be on TV after dropping the title. This is it. If I'm Roman Reigns, I'm saying this run, this is it. When I lose, I'm not coming back. Roman Reigns is not needed after this. He's just not. There's there's nothing else. Because a lot of people will say, well, have him drop the title and you could build a story around Roman chasing the title back. But that, that ruins the mystique of Roman Reigns right now. Because what's the mystique of Roman Reigns? The dude hasn't been pinned and coming up on four years. And Oct- if he doesn't lose this year, it will be four years of not being pinned. The last time he was pinned, I believe, was October, November, or December. It was very late in the, in the year of 2019. It was po- like Roman Reigns has literally not been pinned since before COVID. Like, if you could think back that long, we've been in this sort of post-COVID world for so long that, like, thinking about before COVID, like, like we're going to start calculating, I'm not trying to get political here, but we're going to calculate time, especially in the wrestling world, we're going to calculate time with pre-COVID or post-COVID as, like, a, a time mark. That's just how the society is going to be. Like, you remember time before COVID? Remember time before COVID? That was... Back then, think about how long ago that feels. The last three and a half years have felt like it's taken forever. But Roman Reigns hasn't been pinned since before COVID. Has not lost a single match in terms of him being pinned one, two, three, or submitting since before COVID. In the right... It has finally taken them that long for them to utilize that as part of Baron Corbin's character. I'm going on a on a side trail here. It's been, what, three and a half years, and none of them have ever thought to think about during this historic run of Roman Reigns to have Baron Corbin even think of saying, hey, I'm the last guy that pinned Roman Reigns. It took you all the way until he had to go down to NXT to finally say it. It's that that when he said that line, when he said I'm the last, he said something along the lines like I'm the last dude to pin Roman Reigns. I marked out because I've been waiting for Baron Corbin to say those words. That that makes Baron Corbin feel special, but it also ruins that. It ruins the whole moment because you've booked Baron Corbin like shit. Baron Corbin should be the strong, even if he's comedy relief, he should still be strong. He shouldn't be losing. Every single time he gets in the ring. But back to what we were talking about. Roman Reigns does not need to chase back the title. Him losing the title ruins the mystique of the character right now. The only reason this character works for Roman Reigns is because he hasn't been pinned in almost four years. That's the only reason this works. If he gets pinned... Especially if it's going to be by one of the Usos or or by Solo. It, it doesn't work well to have him try to win back the title. Because he's lost. He lo- right? That's the way they could go. I just don't think it would be enjoyable. I don't think people would care about Roman Reigns anymore once he loses. And I don't think it would be good TV. The, the, the way they should end the title reign is whether it's Jay, and they really teased Jay becoming the next tribal chief um, on last Friday. Whether it's Jay or whether it's Solo, those are the only two options to me. I don't think Jimmy gets it done against Roman. Um, Whether it's Jay or whether it's uh, Solo to beat Roman Reigns, the match setup should be who, like, you know, Roman goes to whoever it is and says, you know, we're going to have this match. If you beat me, you become tribal chief. And Roman gets gets taken out, and we don't see Roman Reigns again. There's just no reason for Roman Reigns to be on TV once he drops the title. That's my opinion. My whole idea of this was this is Roman's last run. It's going to go till it goes, and when it's go- when it when it ends, when this run ends, when he loses the title... He's done. 
that's been my mindset since, uh, I don't want to say from the beginning, but I would say about the last two years, I've thought that Roman Reigns, when he finished this reign, he was done. I felt like this was the last ride, the big hoorah, and once it finishes, Roman Reigns is done. He's going to go Hollywood. He's a star in the making. Right? There's part of me that believes that Roman Reigns is going to drop this title and they're going to go film some other Fast and the Furious movie and Roman Reigns is going to be in it. He's already part of the series and and, and uh, Hobbs and Shaw, I think it's the name of the movie. The little side movie that The Rock and uh, Jason Statham was in. And there's rumors that they might bring that back. Rock's, Rock is probably going to join the Fast and the Furious franchise again. Just because everything, Black Adam failed. His XFL idea failed. He's losing millions and all of that. It's just not a good investment that he made with the XFL. Um, and so... I just, I just, I feel he's going to join the, he's already promised, I think, to be back in the Fast and the Furious series, and I think you can make a side project, and Roman Reigns could enter into that, and, 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 and live in that world, and I think Roman Reigns goes Hollywood when this run is over. I don't think he'll be on WWE TV, I just don't think he, his name, and this is, this is the thing. I, this is why I'm so surprised that WWE has given Roman Reigns this much success in this reign. Is his name is now bigger than WWE, and I was all I'm of the idea that Vince McMahon does not want a superstar to be bigger than the company, right? John Cena was sort of the last one, but now they made Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is bigger than WWE. He could go Hollywood and survive on his own now. And I, But I think that this is the direction that Nick Khan wants the company to move in, is to produce superstars that could do cross-platform, like cross-promotion, right? If, 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 and this is the way WWE should, should treat their superstars. If I could train these people to become actors to where Liv Morgan could go into Chucky, well, now I can get sponsorship for Chucky on my show. And Chucky will pay me to promote their show because Liv Morgan's on it. If I can get, you know, Seth Rollins to be in a Marvel film, even if it's in a small, non-essential role, and I can get promotion money from that movie to promote that movie that Seth Rollins is in, that's a smart business decision. And you could, right? And and there's a lot of these. So I think Nick Khan, with Nick Khan really being sort of in charge of WWE now, I think he's going to turn WWE into a, a place. And, a, and But also think about it. If you're a person who wants to be like an action movie star and you want a, a platform to sort of start that career and you're in WWE, like that could be some a, a thing you could promote your 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 recruiting process on. Hey, what do you want to do, you know, as a career? We can offer you a position if you can thrive here in WWE, we could put you and place you in these movies. Look at what we've done so far, you know, we you know, and the more people you get out in Hollywood, the more you can promote people to come join WWE, become stars and then go to Hollywood. And so I think Nick Khan really trying to position WWE as a place that could be a stepping stone to get into acting into these big time movies, right? I I, I thoroughly believe that's where Nick Khan, that's Nick Khan's specialty is being a uh, an acting. He he was an entertainment agent. He can make deals like that. I think he has contacts where he can. Where he can place you, hey, you do good here for me in WWE, I got contacts and I can place you in Hollywood. And I think that that's a good promoter, uh, or a good promotion tactic to, to recruit. It can, right? If I got recruited today by WWE and said, hey, we want you 
and we could we could we we could make you one step closer if you thrive here. That I have contacts, I can place you in movies. Who would not sign that contract? You're being offered an opportunity to be in potentially to be in Hollywood. Like Nick Khan has a great recruiting tactic if he does it that way. You know who's not doing that? AEW, Impact, New Japan, the Indies. This is what sets WWE apart. Is that it has a guy as CEO of the company who has contacts in Hollywood who can place you in big-time movies. You know who's not doing that? AEW. AEW has contacts with these beast B-level rappers. Yeah, you can put Bow Wow on TV, but when was the last time anyone gave two fucks about Bow Wow? I loved Bow Wow in 2006. When was the last time anyone cared about Bow Wow? Well, yeah, Kevin Gates. Okay, he's a big artist, but but he's super underground. A lot of people, if you don't listen to the, to, to that style of rap, you don't know who Kevin Gates is. You had Rick Ross on TV. When was the last time anyone gave two fucks about Ricky Ricky Ross? And and the, and there nothing came out of them being there. It was just the little shock of oh they got Rick Ross here. Tony Khan spent a, spent a little bit too much money for this episode, right? WWE is the place where if Nick Khan was smart. He would use his contacts and start placing people in Hollywood films because he can recruit and say, you could be in Hollywood. You could be like Seth Rollins. You could be like Roman Reigns. You could be like John Cena, right? I, Vince McMahon was sort of hesitant about doing it. I think they need to go full force and do it. Now, you, not everyone, but a Liv Morgan it, could play in a Chucky. That's a great movie for her to be in. Seth Rollins is like a... A uh, uh, superhero villain would be fucking fantastic. That would be great. Roman Reigns it, it didn't really have much of a talking place in Hobbs and Shaw. He didn't really talk. I think he did the ooh-ah and the spear, and that's about all he did in the movie. But he's gotten so much more comfortable playing a villain that... You could have him introduced into to this to this world um, of Fast and the Furious, or, or playing some sort of action villain, um, and I think he would. I think it would work for him. I think it would work for him. So yeah, uh, short. All in all, I don't think he would be worth much of anything. Not that he's not worth it. As when you take the title, you take away the sort of the mystique of the character, which is I haven't been pinned in four years. And once he gets pinned, the story, that, that's the end of the story. There is nothing else after that. See, the problem with, the problem with a lot of people is they want stories to never end. Right? And so Roman Reigns loses the title and all of a sudden, your mind has to go into, well, now he has to chase it back. But that's not how that's not how stories end, right? He's the bad guy in the story. How do you end stories with bad guys losing? He loses the title. The world is saved. The good guys win. You close the story. You don't. You don't continue the story by having bad guy chase back the title. No, the bad guy got defeated. It's 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 simple storytelling. But but wrestling fans just don't ever want to follow that type of method. They want to make it too complicated. Roman Reigns loses, the bad guy gets defeated, the world gets saved, good good triumph over evil. You close the story, Roman Reigns disappears. It it ends. That's that's how it needs to happen. Now, speaking of the titles, speaking of the titles, I want to talk about these new title designs. So the men's, we knew the men's were going to get rebrand or re- redesigned, and then the women's get redesigned as well, and it's the same titles with the white straps. So I will say one thing about this. 
or well, two things about this real quick, and then we'll move on to a, an argument that I had with some friends that I want to sort of discuss on here. Um, so the first thing, I believe the women's titles look a hell of a lot better. Here's why. That white fucking strap. I've always been a big mark for white straps. The Intercontinental Champion, like in the Dolph Ziggler, Miz, Zack Ryder era, when they were f- flipping belt, that white strapped Intercontinental Championship was my favorite title on the on the in the company. Now I like the current in- Intercontinental title. I'm just it's something about the white straps. I don't know what it is that I just love, right? But let's talk about you know the common design because the big complaint right now is WWE so lazy. No, this. Common design equals common branding. So this is what's going to happen. Raw is going to have a common brand in their title designs. Right? The world title, the world heavyweight championship, the women's, what's it called? The world women's championship, I think is what it's called. Um, They have a common design, which is a common brand. And that's how you, that's how you market you're, you're right. No one complains when you uh, UFC, every single division in UFC's title is the same exact title. It is the same design, right? It's the same design on every UFC title, whether you're featherweight or whether you're super heavyweight, it's the same title design because it's a common brand along that, right? It, it's, it's a common design along the brand that it, that it enables Brand recognition. And a lot of the people in the IWC who are complaining about how lazy the design is, they don't understand brand recognition because they've never built a brand. They've never had to run a company. And I think that's a lot of the issue with wrestling fans in general is most of them have never had to run companies to understand what goes on in running a business. Then at the end of the day, this is a business. And at the end of the day, it is about making money. And so you do what is, you do what is the best thing for you to make money. And it may not be the most best thing to do for the fans in terms of like the fans just want to see matches. Okay. Well, it's not always the best thing for, for business for WWE because the best thing for business for WWE is to do these cross promotions and to do, you know, these weird ad things. And, the, you know, everyone complained at Royal Rumble when they had Hardy perform. Um, and they're like, why do we, why does WWE got to do this? Well, because it's, it, it gives them money, right? I'm pretty certain Hardy's record label I don't remember who he worked. I think he worked for Capital. Um, pretty sure they paid for them to, or WWE paid to use the song, paid to get him on the on the show. But in response, as a business, Hardy then shows up. He can then tweet. All of Hardy's fans can then retweet. WWE could tweet Hardy, and just by tagging Hardy, that goes to all of his fans. You see? So it, it's, it's expanding the brand, and, is, and the end goal is to try to make money. Why, why did WWE did a, do a pitch black match? I can agree, that match was stupid as shit. But the sponsorship brought them money, and that's all they care about. Because it's a business. And you need brand recognition. And so if, you, if, if, if your Raw champions all look the same and then your SmackDown championships all look the same, guess what? Guess what? There's brand recognition. And, and, and I think the big thing that people fail to recognize and, and why a lot of times WWE doesn't acknowledge wrestling outside of WWE is because they are living in the WWE universe. Now, what does that mean? They're by themselves in the same way that Marvel doesn't acknowledge DC. WWE is not going to acknowledge competition, but instead they're creating their own competition. That's what the brand split was supposed to be, was an illusion of competition. So the brand split started when they bought WCW, right? And, and 
and there was no more competition. And but to create this sort of illusion of competition, they created Raw versus SmackDown, as if it was two separate entities. Now today we know that that's the case, and that they're owned by the same company. And they sort of, when they did away with the brand split originally, they should have just never split them again because you sort of gave up kayfabe there. Um, and so, but, but SmackDown's now, like, even if you take a look at the, the, the United States championship, it has a common look to the W to, to the undisputed WWE championship that Roman Reigns has. And right, the the faceplate. Like if you look at the 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 size of like the faceplate, it looks the same. Same thing with Raw with the Intercontinental Championship. Like I think that's why they switched brands because they knew what they were doing. If you look at the Intercontinental Championship, um, it it has a common design look to the 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 two titles on Raw where like the, the smaller logo in the middle of the title and so it's common brand uh recognition it's a common design Raw's going to have this type of title design Smackdown's going to have this type of title design and whenever they split the tag titles up expect for those different designs to show up in the tag titles in some way, shape, or form. And I personally like the way they did it with the strap colors. Like, I think, like, like black should represent the premier title on each brand. White should represent the women's titles because it, it separates, right, and then, like, your mid-card title could even be, you know, your IC in your United States. I don't see why, you know, red's another color, uh, the other color on WWE. Give them a, a red strap if you want. Or or the, the, the strap color of the brands for the, for the tag titles, right? So, like, the way the... The only problem I have with the tag team titles is not the color of the straps of the belts... It's the fucking faceplate with the two fucking, like, Spartan helmets on it. It's ugly as shit. And I feel if, if like, for SmackDown, if they just gave us the big W with a, with a blue strap to represent that it's the tag team title, I, th- I would be 100. Literally, if you just gave us the Universal Championship and doubled it and put that as your tag team championship. I don't think they will do that though, because it would represent the universal title, but I don't, I don't know where else you would really go with designing those because you don't want it to look exactly alike. You want to give it some difference between the two titles in terms of the division you're in. So like the women's have a white strap. The men's main title has a, a black strap. So the tag titles, I would say just go keep it with the blue strap with so either you you could there's but it's going to have the big faceplate and it's probably going to have a big logo on SmackDown and then it's going to have the smaller logo on Raw because it's common branding and it's a brand recognition. Raw's going to look this way, SmackDown's going to look this way. But the bigger thing that I want to talk about with these title designs is an argument I had with my brother and my my friend Cody on the use of the word undisputed and, and why is Roman the undisputed champion? Because Seth is still world champion. Now I talked about that illusion of, of, of competition, right? So Roman is the undisputed WWE champion. Now, why is he undisputed? Because the argument is that if Seth is the world champion, then there is a dispute as to who is the top champion. But that's not how, that's not, like, and the problem is, is you're using undisputed in a boxing sense, right? You're using the word undisputed in the sense of boxing. And WWE is not boxing. 
So the first question, or the first answer, and this could really be where I ended. This could be where I ended. Is because he can be. Because it's WWE and they can they can make up whatever the hell they want to make up because it's entertainment. That's where I can end it. But I'm not going to. I'll in WWE. So first off, if you look up the word undisputed, it means not disputed or not called in question or the accepted. However, if you look up the W if you look up the, the boxing definition of undisputed, is a fighter who holds all four major championship belts in a division. Um, there's four different division or four different uh, championship like companies. I think you have the IBF, the WBA, the WBC, and the WBO. If you hold all, you know, the undisputed heavyweight champion is the guy who has all four of those t- heavyweight titles, right? So it's a right um, undisputed in UFC. Um, don't think that it. Is he, in UFC, the term undisputed is used to refer to a champion who holds the most prestigious title in the sport. Ooh. The undisputed UFC championship belt. The belt is awarded to a fighter who has won the most matches in the UFC events and is recognized as the top fighter in the organization. Now, that's important. That is important. Because who owns WWE? The same company that owns UFC. So if Roman Reigns is the undisputed champion, and that title is the undisputed WWE champion, what does that mean? That that's the most prestigious title. If you're going by the same company who owns both now, right? Endeavor owns UFC and it owns WWE. So they're going to use common language now. That, that means that this title is the most prestigious in the WWE. So who gets that? The belt is awarded to the fighter who has won the most matches in the, UFC, in the UFC events and is recognized as the top fighter in the organization. Well, you can't really do that with WWE, right? Be, but why is it undisputed? Because it's... you. Because it's the guy who is not questioned the top fighter in the UFC. But let's just go a little bit deeper. What does undisputed mean in WWE? A undisputed champion is a in, in professional wrestling is a term used for a world title that is the unquestioned top championship in a promotion often formed from two world titles being unified and held by the same individual this definition alone tells us who, who Roman Reigns is. Why is he undisputed? Because he held two titles, they merged them into one, and he's the unquestioned top superstar in the company. It's not that hard. But people, especially in the IWC, especially the AEW fans, they want to come and argue, well, it's stupid. Words mean things. Yes, words do mean things. But words can also mean different things depending on the organization that they are in, depending on the industry that they are in. Words can mean different things across industries. And so in boxing, which is a physical, which is an actual fight, undisputed means you're, you, you have all the heavyweight championships. And UFC, the undisputed UFC champion, goes to the top fighter in the organization. And in WWE, it goes to the unquestioned top championship in a promotion formed by two world titles being unified, which is Roman Reigns. Why is he undisputed? Because he fits the wrestling definition of undisputed. Y'all need to stop being nerds who, who worry about the wording of every little thing. WWE lives in its own little bubble, in its own little industry. By itself. It is not AEW. AEW and WWE are not the same industry. They do the same thing. But WWE is focused on being an entertainment company, which is my final reasoning. Why is he undisputed? Because that's the way they fucking wrote it. Can you, this is my biggest problem with wrestling fans. 
It's my biggest problem with wrestling fans. They don't allow the writers to write. And when they, when the writers write something they don't like, they critique the fuck out of it. And it's annoying as shit. Let the writers write. You do your job and you just watch the product. And it's not me saying shut the fuck up because I literally podcast. Like I, I critique things. I'm not saying you can't have an opinion. But at the end of the day, it's a TV show. It's not supposed to bother you this much. And I feel you would en- I feel people would enjoy the product 10 times more if they would just sit back and recognize I'm watching a TV show. There's nothing I can do that will change the outcome because it's pre-written. But even if it wasn't scripted, there's nothing I can do. I just, I just, and this goes in all entertainment aspects. If you're watching a TV show and the writers do something you don't like, either stop watching or... Like, like your critiques don't do nothing. It's already been filmed. It's already been written, right? And WWE, it's already been written. There's nothing you can do that can change the script. So just sit down and watch it. And sure, we can discuss it, but at some point we have to realize that critiquing the name of a title isn't going to do anything and it's not not everything's going to make sense it doesn't have to make sense it's fucking wrestling how many things have made sense in the wwe we had a fucking walking zombie for over 20 years and no one cared to even say that doesn't make any fucking sense oh let's not forget we added his fucking demon ass brother we had a cross-dressing fucking space alien or whatever the fuck Goldust was. And then Stardust, who knows what the fuck that character was. No one questioned the, the, the logic behind those characters. Like, it's not supposed to make sense because it's entertainment. And it's supposed to sort of expound upon the rules of, of reality. It's supposed to expand reality. And so not everything is going to make sense to everybody. But it do, but even still, it does make sense. Why is Roman Reigns undisputed? Because he fits the definition of undisputed. He held two world championships, and he's the top guy in the company. Undisputed! It makes fucking sense. I don't know why people critique. It, it irritates me that people critique that so damn much. All right, the last thing we're going to talk about, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I just spent a lot of time talking about the other stuff. This is Money in the Bank match. We finally got the Money in the Bank. First off, I think they had eight at one point, and now it's down to six. I don't, for, I've always remembered it as a six-person match, so I'm not. that's not really a point, but for some reason it, it just doesn't feel like there's as many people as there have been. I'm not a, I'm not concerned with it only being six people. I think six people was more than enough in this match. But if you look at the people who are in it, I personally believe this match writes itself. I personally believe this match writes itself into what So I, when when I see matches like this, I immediately look at okay, we have six people, one of them is obviously going to be the winner something's going to come out of the rest of this match. Um, and so, let's first off, if you don't know the six people, Santos Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, LA Knight, Ricochet, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, from a star power position, this match, it... it I'm be honest with you, it lacks big time star um, from this match. There's only two of them that I think could potentially become that big star. But you also got to look at, they changed the rules of money in the bank this year. The winner of the money in the bank contract, you know, we've always sort of assumed world championship is what's going to be cashed on. And then Austin Theory last year changed it just a little bit. 
by cashing in on the U.S. title. And they've gone full-fledged in this, and now they said you could cash in on any title in any brand owned by WWE. Right? So, you know, Santos Escobar wins. He can go cash in on Melo if he wanted to in NXT. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, uh, but, but, but something like that could happen. Right? Um, but let's go through this. There's only two, two people who are logical to win this match. That's Damian Priest and that's LA Knight. Those are the only two logical choices for winner of this match. The First off, you're going to get a lot of spots in this match. Ricochet's in it. Santos is in it. Uh, Ricochet, though, is the bigger spot monkey, so he's going to do a lot of the more dangerous spot, uh, um, stunts. Um, Butch is going to probably do some crazy shit. Nakamura is going to use his strong style. But the other, the two that aren't going to be the, the spot monkeys, Priest and, and LA Knight, those are the only two that I think have a shot and, and to win this. And more than likely, LA Knight's winning this match. LA Knight is winning this match. I can guarantee you right now, LA Knight's winning this match. LA Knight, without a doubt, is winning money in the bank. Um, Because I believe that the story writes itself. Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura will be the feud coming out of money in the bank. It's sort of already the feud right now. Um, and you'll, you'll have Bronson Reed involved in there as well. Ricochet versus Nakamura. All right. So then you have Santos Escobar and Butch. Well, this is easy. They both have factions. So coming out of this match, you'll get, you'll get LWO versus the brood, uh, not the brood, uh, the brawling brutes. That makes perfect sense to me as well okay so that leaves priest what happens with priest well i believe the bigger thing going on in the judgment day is i think finn balor leaves the judgment day and i think finn balor is going to cost damian priest this match in some way shape or form i believe that this it's going to end the show. Finn's, Finn is going to lose his title match, which is going to break him. And he's going to stop Damian Priest from winning Money in the Bank. And, and we'll have Finn versus Priest lined up probably for SummerSlam. Um, and it could even be like a tag team with Finn, because remember, Finn Balor was in the background in that J.D. McDonough segment, and everyone was like, oh, J.D.'s joining Judgment Day. But what if Finn leaves, joins with J.D., and then you get Finn and J.D. versus Dominic and Priest, you can, right? And and that that's, how, that's where you go with it. I think that would be a decent... SummerSlam style match. Um, and then LA Knight, of course, wins. That It writes itself. You, you got to look for these things. like like, And that's what I look for. I don't sit here and try to critique matches. I look at, the, at this match, though, and I... Okay, well, let's just think logically here. We got we got two feuds coming from this match. We got a feud going on in Judgment Day that's already brewing. We know that that's going to happen with Finn and Damian. So the only one that doesn't have anything going on that could still be a big star out of this is LA Knight. It makes perfect sense for everyone right now to assume LA Knight's winning Money in the Bank. And so I'm going to say this. It is June 14th as I'm recording this. On June 14th, I predicted LA Knight wins. Now, I could be wrong. I could have read this completely wrong. But from what I'm reading from who's in this match, LA Knight's winning money in the bank. And we're getting those feuds that I just told you. We're getting Brawling Brutes versus LWO. We're getting Shinsuke versus... Um, 
Shinsuke versus fuck uh, Ricochet. Excuse me. That's the only thing that makes sense out of this. Now, the only thing that I got to double check before I can confirm that I didn't even cons- I didn't even consider um, what brand. Again, I don't even think I don't think of the brand split to be honest. So let me look up the roster real quick just to verify something. Um. Okay, so Butch is SmackDown. Is LWO SmackDown? They are. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes that makes perfect fucking sense. That makes perfect fucking sense. The the brawling brutes, and and LWO, on SmackDown. There's your tag team feud. You got Ricochet and Shinsuke on Raw. There's your feud there. LA Knight's on SmackDown. He's going to win the damn thing. And you got Damian Priest from Raw, who... uh, It makes total fucking sense. Disagree with me. Tell me how I'm wrong. And you can do that by following me on TikTok and Twitter at We2Deep413. W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P-413. You can also join our Discord page. Go to the Casual Community uh, YouTube Subscribe there. Watch the videos. In the description is a link to Discord. Join the conversation. This has been another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. My name is Randall Beatley, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.